Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of the Long Podcast Studio Sessions. I'm your host, Dylan Mark Murphy. And if you don't know that, I hope you know that. It's been a few episodes now, like 21 almost. I'm hoping you know, maybe, fingers crossed. Um, In the case that you don't, that's who I am. Obviously, we're here now. Um, I'm joined today with uh, Abby, who seems to be a little, a a ball of sunshine. She seems very sweet. So I'm very excited for this conversation. Um, Abby, go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah. So my name's Abby. I'm 21 and I've been a Taylor Swift fan pretty much since I first heard our song back in like 2007, I think would have been the first time I heard it. It's like ever since then, pretty much. Nice. Nice. Uh, what's your favorite Taylor album? Oh, uh, right now it's got to be red. It's not just because of the re-recording that's coming out soon. I've just gotten super into that like the past year and a half. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's it's the perfect season to really, you know, exactly. appreciate exactly. red in general. But yes. we need red stands are very tasteful. There's no wrong answer They're to that. They're so stuff. underrated. So Ab- underrated. Absolutely. Yeah. They get a lot of hate too. So, you know. They do. I know. <laughs> <laughs> red stands are more than just seasons you know it's not just we can't just appreciate it in autumn we need people to appreciate it year round so yep. perfect um we're gonna talk a little bit about forever and always which is by far one of the most iconic songs on fearless um even though it's not a single it's like song that lots of people still know and still very powerful and aggressive and highlights a lot of taylor's you know creative um possibilities especially for a country album where forever and always a little more pop rock edgy kind of stuff so i'm excited to talk about this song get to know a little bit about abby and why this is one of her favorite songs so take us in head first fearless abby why is forever and always one of your favorite taylor swift songs so as much as I love Taylor's ballads, I've always been a big fan of like songs that I can scream no matter where I am, um, specifically in my car, clearly. Um, so things like Holy Ground, Story of Us, Forever and Always have always been just like, just pure excitement. I love her slower songs always, but I need ones that I can just like use to let out my own emotion. So I actually have this playlist on um, Spotify called my like Taylor Swift Pure Crack playlist. So it's like any song that just makes me feel like pure angst or just upbeat everything lets out every single emotion. That's why Holy Ground is on there because it's just pure go, go, go. So forever and always just kind of lets her let out all of the anguish and just anger regarding her relationships um, from building up love and then having it ripped away so fast. And I think that's really relatable. So absolutely. I love that you appreciate the ballads because obviously that's like a huge selling point to her career. And I feel like there are some Taylor Swift fans who are like, it's one or the other. Like they're yeah. they only always want her to be sad or they only want yeah. happy songs. But I feel like it's more, you know, they like the sad songs more than, you know, like stay, stay, sure. stay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> or stay, stay, stay. Yeah, um, like, it's so easy to, to fall into one or the other. But like, again, for my life, I need something that like I can use to let out my own emotion um like as a person whenever I'm frustrated I like to talk it myself through it like it has to be out loud so I always have conversations with myself in my car I'm always like after work just letting out a big scream in my car so it's definitely one of those songs that just helps me let that out just vocally you know just let it 
all. Absolutely. And I think Forever and Always and The Story of Us, both great examples of just like songs yeah. that you can scream in the car. Like Holy Ground is also a really good example. They're oh, all, yeah. you're right. Go, go, go. Aggressive Taylor Swift songs. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, do, so what does this song like mean to you as it, because it's one of your favorites, um, obviously works for, you know, screaming in the car and whatnot. Um, but what does it mean to you and how do you interpret it? Obviously the lyrics are very pointed and very yeah. explicit and it's like Joe Jonas, screw you. Um, <laughs> so I'm curious, like, what does it mean to you and how do you interpret it? Yeah. So I think that especially compared to her newer music, when you're like eight years old and this stuff comes out, you can't relate to it nearly as much back then. But like, as you know, I'm 21 now. So going through all of like the love and the buildup to love as like a teenager and a young adult, I think that's what makes it so relatable. Being on the Fearless album, you get to see how much she's just letting out her emotions by writing these songs. All of her newer albums are more like pointed towards, you know, marriage, divorce, stuff like that. And that's incredible. But I think as someone who is more on the younger side, it's so much more relatable to me to be able to look back on my past loves now and be able to relate those experiences. So I think that's why it's one of my favorites. Um, Just because, again, I'm going through all of those things currently, you know, like it's more relatable for the time that I'm in in my life. Definitely. And if the song is applicable, you're gonna, you're gonna like appreciate it a little more, you know, if you can really relate to yeah. a song, you're, it's gonna stick with you. Yeah. Right? Whether you like <laughs> the song or hate the song, or you hate the feeling it gives you, like, mm-hmm. you can really, you're gonna appreciate the song, right? Obviously, like people can appreciate yeah. champagne problems without leaving someone at the altar or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah. obviously, as you get older, you can grow with Taylor Swift's music, because she's got, sure. you know, music from 16 to 31 and crazy our song picture to burn edgy songs and then you've got champagne problems and gold rush and all those songs that are like oh I'm so you know not very many Swifties I know can relate to champagne problems so exactly (laughs) because like she's also like 10 years older than me so it's like I haven't gotten to the point in my life yet where I will be able to go through these things um like looking back at old friendships I can to an extent like with Dorothea but not to the same extent that she can being in her 30s so especially being like an album that she wrote when she was literally in the thick of her teenage years going through falling in love falling out of love being betrayed by Joe Jonas like (laughs) You know, it's just, you can really see exactly how that came to life with the Fearless album, um, with all of the innocence of young love. And then, yeah, just having it be ripped away so soon. Um, and like fairy tales don't always have happy endings and stuff like that. Absolutely. Because you can relate to this song so much. Are you telling me that you too are betrayed by Joe Jonas? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I freaking wish <laughs> <laughs> what a that, that's gonna be the trailer I use for this is Abby admits to being betrayed by Joe Jonas <laughs> oh yeah totally <laughs> I just I needed the that. I needed the sound bite we're all done here now okay thanks <laughs> um, um this next question has to do with track placement and um this one's a little interesting because it's put between yeah. two very different songs um yes. being between the way I loved you which is very very popular amongst Swifties probably one of the most popular songs like fandom wise um in the Fearless album and between that song and the best day which is the polar opposite um yes. 
think that this makes sense, whether it be lyrically or sonically, does it make sense at all to be put between the two? So when you're comparing it to The Way I Loved You, it makes a lot more sense than with The Best Day. But I think that, like, going through the album, if you look at the entire, like, track placement, like, as a whole, you're seeing her fall in love and then have it progressively be ripped away from her. And I think Forever and Always is just kind of, like, the peak of that. You know, up until this point, she's going through, like, begging them to come back and, like, hoping that they will stick around and all, like, the sadness with it. And this is her hitting her breaking point with absolute anger of it. Like, the way I loved you is just, like, I did all these things for you. Why do you not want to be with me? And now it's just, you promised me all of these things, and now you're just going to throw that away? Like, you can tell how absolutely pissed off she is. (laughs) Uh-huh. So then I like that after Forever and Always, because that's like the climax. So. You can see her go into like the peace and acceptance of it, turning to, okay, like the best day, I love my mom, I'm appreciative for my family, and then she goes into stuff like change, and it's like, these things will change eventually, these things will not be permanent. Every anger and heartbreak that I'm experiencing will not be this way forever. So uh-huh. I think it's really just like the placement is about her yeah, hitting that climax and the breaking point and then being okay with it and accepting that all of her pain will not last forever. Absolutely. I think that makes that makes perfect sense. And I think I mentioned this in one of the other episodes, I can't remember, but it's um um there's like a wind down that kind of happens yeah. because like you said, forever and always in the way I loved you are like the peak of this album when you get to like, you know, yeah. compared to the early stuff in the album, which is all very chill, kind of like easy yeah. listening kind of stuff. And then you've got the way I loved you and forever and always, which is in your face, aggressive stuff. It feels like the same way um, that she did the lover album where it's like, yeah. you get afterglow and me, which are both like a little higher on that thing. And then you get, it's nice to have a friend, which is just like the wind down. And then you get daylight, which closes it out. Exactly. It's like, it kind of mirrors that situation in general. And then you get to feel as Taylor's version where change is not the end. And instead we have jump and fall and untouchable and all these other songs. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) A little wonky, but I get it. I agree. I think that the, the climax saying that this is like the climax of the album makes perfect sense. And you look at the first half of fearless and most of it is like, happy love songs like falling in yeah. love love story falling into love. love exactly exactly and then you get you know to breathe and that's where things start to kind of like fall apart yeah. and then once you get I I love that idea and it's interesting that you said that because I've talked about this with this is like the second to yeah. last episode I've recorded and I've <laughs> talked about it with like everyone yeah. and so many people are like you could put these songs in any order and it would make it would make, it still makes sense because the track list is all over the place. And for you to say, you know, the first half is like this for a reason. The second half yeah. is like this for a reason. It, it's a whole different interpretation. And yeah. I, I like, love it. I just love it. <laughs> exactly. It's just kind of like her going through the stages of grief with it. And she's just getting to the full on anger of it. Yeah. And then she accepts it. Like for a while there, it's like the whole denial stuff of like begging him to like stay and come back. And like, why don't you want to be with me? And now it's just like, you promised me all of these things. And now that's just gone. Like she's mad. Yeah, this is this is definitely the peak of the anger. And then you definitely have the, I guess like with the best day, it's kind of the, the, the forever and always being like the acceptance part. And then, you know, you've got your support system with like the best day because she mentions exactly. all the things she goes through when she's younger and how her mom supports her through all of that. And obviously her mom has heard about all of her, 
every boyfriend that she's had there's it's just something that happens and it just that makes perfect sense ah I love it (laughs) um my next question is do you think this song would work well on any other album I have actually said this for years that I think the story of us is like the speak now version of forever and always in the fact that it's just like the anger of it and it's just like such a hard punch to the album that it's so upbeat and so I think that it would also work now on speak now and probably not many other albums just because you know as she gets older she's going through like adult breakups rather than like you know her first couple of loves that get ripped away as she's a teenager and I think forever and always has a level of innocence to it that her future albums just don't really have nearly as much because she has those life experiences behind her so yeah, I think if anything, it would fit the best on Speak Now just because of how similar the albums really are, but not many other albums could fit it. Definitely. And I think it's it's interesting because I, I think that Forever and Always is sonically the the biggest like standout track on Fearless because it sounds yeah. so different. There's no other song on Fearless that sounds like Forever and Always. Like, yeah. like breathe and you're not sorry are almost like the same song in different fonts yeah. and yep. <laughs> love story like there's parallels and lots of the oh, lots of the songs I just put my coffee all over my laptop the show was oh, no. so on um <laughs> um the they're the parallels on the album but forever and always stands out and the story of us is definitely a standout song on speak now because there's no other song on speak now that's like that exactly and they're both really good at like telling the whole um the whole story like you don't just get like the breakup forever and always you get like you know like you mentioned like you promised me all these things here's like everything that has happened in our relationship and then you know we're here now it's yeah (laughs) it's like the exact same thing with the story of us where you get the full uh the full well the full what's the word the full novel the full book of what's happening absolutely and I think personally I feel like I love White Horse, but I feel like Forever and Always and the story of us have the same energy as All Too Well, where you're getting entirely a full arc rather than just like, the breakup. All of the emotions, the sadness and then the anger about it, everything. Exactly. And then you have Forever and Always piano version, which is I know. Ooh, not like a screamy song. It's definitely yes. like stripped down it's 10 times sadder and a lot yeah. more heartbreaking which could very easily exactly if that was the original version I could have very easily seen that as like a track five. Oh, yeah. entirely entirely go off Taylor but... Swift yeah for <laughs> <real>. <laughs> um okay so if you said that it would work on speak now this is my hot seat question number one if you were to yeah. slip it on to speak now where would you put it oh gosh <laughs> I also have not listened to all of speak now like in order in a hot minute because mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily need it to be right next to the story of us because like I said they're essentially the same song the same song but on different albums yeah. so I feel like it would have to be like hmm, that's a good question actually thank you I'm really proud of that one it always sends <laughs> people into like a a little bit of like a oh I have no idea <laughs> Yeah, like I, I, like I said, it's been a really long time since I've listened to Speak Now, like beginning to end. So I feel like the story of us would have to go closer to, like, it would have to be after Forever and Always, just because Forever and Always is more of like the anger of it. And then story of us would have to be more of like encompassing the entire story and 
like telling it all the way through mm-hmm. whereas forever and always is just essentially like her talking about her betrayal yeah <laughs> I just don't know exactly where on the album I would put it like it's not really similar to back to December either so right that's definitely and back to December is like definitely more of an, uh, an apology song whereas forever absolutely like a little more like aggressive. you you messed up right I feel like you could put it if you really wanted to you could put it right before dear John um, yeah just, that's probably the best place that would be a lot of whiplash to go from forever and always to dear john to mean but she loves that <laughs> yeah, apparently whiplash. i mean the entire album of red she right, loves but, yes. <laughs> emotional roller coasters but taylor Swift. For real. <laughs> yeah she loves putting a pop freaking right before a little slow ballad like right i mean what she wants to do as always it, it just makes sense too you know because if you put six ballads in a row unless yeah. unless you're like Adele it's really hard to put like multiple ballads in a row because I don't know like you'd be like oh I just heard that song or whatever like you listen to multiple ones in a row whatever um but yeah I I I get you I think it would it would totally work on speak now and I think that's just because it it parallels the story of us yeah they're only a couple years apart you know she's going through a very similar phase of her life being you know like 17 versus like 19 or whatever the ages were that she wrote them like that's a very similar part of your life where you're still going through all of the heartbreak of like your first loves everything versus you know red when she's a little bit older absolutely absolutely okay uh, my next one has to do with the songwriting aspect, which is what is your favorite lyric from the song? This one's got lots of lyrics to choose from. So I'm excited to hear what you say. So personally, I actually really relate to the, did I say something way too honest made you run and hide? I hate that she had to go through this because it's like, you're starting to trust a guy and he makes you think that, you know, you guys have a future together and that you can open up to him. So then I hate that she's starting to blame herself, but I relate to it so much that like did I just show too much of myself to you way too fast like was that my fault because you don't want to think that the person that you loved would hurt you that way without reason or just change their mind about you for no reason so you start to like question your own beliefs and yourself in general like did I actually do something wrong here that made him do that to me when in reality she probably didn't yeah highly doubt it I mean, it's interesting that this yeah. song, like itself especially that's like so early in the song too it's like yeah she's going through like all the possibilities of like you know and then we get to the exactly end. obviously she's like you know and then she follows that line up with like the what is it did I make you run and hide like a scared little boy like is, I know like instantly blames him again he's like is it my fault no it's your fault no, no it's definitely on you I just hate the fact that she was like second guessing herself but I think that's like the most relatable thing ever when again being so young this is one of your first loves like it's so easy to second guess yourself and make you think that you did something wrong especially with someone who may or may not be more experienced with dating than you are maybe he's done this before maybe he's gone through all this before and then she hasn't really as much so I just like it shows perfectly how innocent she was going into this to the fact that she still wants to see him as a good guy even though he's breaking her heart actively absolutely and that that song like that that verse just has enough power to go through all of the different emotions and aspects it covers like all of like you're right it's very relatable it covers all of the feelings of a relationship so quickly and so yeah. I guess confidently is the, probably the right word like she yeah. knows what she's saying she knows that her songwriting is going to be applicable to 
the teenage audience that she's writing for. And it's a personal experience, but it's so interesting that even the tiniest pieces of this song, you could pull out and be like, oh, I can relate to that. I understand that. That like that, that lyric is like five, six words and it's enough for you to be like, (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Um, Okay. My, my final question is what would you rate this song on a scale from one to 13? Okay. So I have to say it would be about a 12 and a half, but that's only because Holy Ground is probably my all-time favorite song by her. And that's my number 13. Like that is like my favorite favorite. So like, again, I'm super into these songs that just make me want to yell in my car and get out all of my emotion with her. So of course it would be those two. So it's like almost the absolute perfect song. Absolutely. Are those like, are those your top two or do you have other Taylor Swift songs that you would give a 13? It is like impossible to rate them, as you already know. Um, there's so many because it changes on like a daily basis, which again, you already know, like every time you go to write any Taylor Swift songs, it changes every single time depending on your mood or whatever. Yeah. Holy Ground is my absolute number one forever and always. My best friend already knows that like that is my number, like one of my top songs by her ever. I genuinely think that Dorothea is probably my number three. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I just have a soft spot for it. Definitely. Um, like all of those are so up there for me and it's going to change spots every day, but Holy Ground is always my like chef's kiss number one. I think that's, it's really nice. It's, I think it's, it's, it's kind of funny that Holy Ground and Forever and Always are your like in your top two because Holy Ground is rumored to be about Joe Jonas. I know. It's like, which I didn't even realize until way after the fact, too. Right. It's just, it's really funny because Holy Ground's like, you know, like a, a happier, more like doty yeah. kind of love song, whereas yeah. Forever and Always is like a kiss off aggressive at Joe yes. Jonas. So I think that's, that's so funny. And then you've got Dorothea, which is completely different than both of them. It's so different, but I just love it so much. Chef's kiss totally, more. Oh my God. Totally valid. There really is no wrong answer to that question anyways. Yeah. Those are all, those are all great. <laughs> um, those were all of my questions though. Do you have anything that you would like to add, share, say? Um, the floor is yours if you want it. You don't have to take it if you don't want it. <laughs> I mean, I think I kind of got out my whole perspective on Fearless pretty well. I mean, like I said, it's just, it fully encompasses the innocence of young love and young Taylor itself. And I really like that with her re-recording, she gets to go back and experience all those feelings again, Mm -hmm. even though like now she's fine with Joe Jonas, like she's not mad at him anymore. Like his wife is obsessed with Taylor. Like, it's just really cool for her to be able to like talk to her younger version of herself and be like, okay, no, everything's going to be fine. You're going to end up with someone that's so happy so that's perfect (laughs) I do think it's really funny since you mentioned the re-recording um that you know even though she's super chill with Joe Jonas I just I like so there's something in the back of my head I want to know if she texted him right before she released Mr. Perfectly Fine and was like yeah hey I'm so sorry good luck (laughs) I I hope you survive because there's a lot of um aggressive words in here I know and like I have to imagine that like if she's on decent enough terms with Taylor Lautner it has to be like similar to mm-hmm. what's going to happen when she releases speak now mm-hmm. I mean like there's only a couple exes that she's legitimately fine with and of course Joe Jonas is one of them whereas for like John is going to be screwed when she really releases Jake is screwed in about a month <laughs> right and it's like like I feel like Taylor Lautner has it a little different because the only songs yeah. that I know that are 100% about Taylor Lautner, I know Back to December is about him. Yeah. 
Um, but I don't know if there's any other ones. And even Back to December isn't like a Dear John. It's like a, no, it's, it's like, like a, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, it's it's an yes. apology song. So like I even know. if she hated him, I should be like, she'd be like, that's like not even something that she'd have to like worry about even. Like Dear John is going to be like, grab him by his acoustic guitar and pull him across the stage as it should um as it should especially considering the song he released this year that was the worst song i've ever heard in my life (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what happened and how those two ended up in a room together but like this coming december that's when she'll finally be the age that he was when they dated so that's ridiculous (laughs) gross (laughs) The amount of life changes that she has gone to in that time. Like, he had so many more life experiences than her. Why was that a thing? Oh, I, it, oh poor, it's like, just poor Taylor Swift in that aspect. Oh. And it's, it, but I'm glad she's grown and she's happy and, you know, all that I'm stuff sure. now. But that's so gross that she had to go through that in general. Yeah. But, that's what I love, too, that Joe gets to watch her re-record all these songs. And he's like, haha, that sucks you ended up with someone better like, that's, that'd be so funny for him that's definitely I mean it's got to be a plus since you know even yeah. now like she could you know write all those heartbreaking songs with Joe like champagne problems and um yeah. what's the other one um uh, oh, exile no mm, there's another one on there I cannot I know. remember I should wrote Betty with him too probably yeah oh yeah okay those are both even those both songs they're both very uh heartbreaky ish so at least she doesn't have to deal with why you know love me guy anymore exactly (laughs) but yes um thank you so much for doing this I do really appreciate it thank you for having me oh you're so sweet um I um just really appreciate it obviously because fearless is a journey there were a few people who wanted to do forever and always but I was like let's let's just spread it out and I was I I made a good choice because you're really fun to talk to so I'm so happy (laughs) um that is all for this episode of the long podcast studio sessions um I'll speak to you again in two days when we come back to talk about the best day which is an interesting jump from this song but Um, It'll be here shortly. And then I'll speak to you then. Until then, stay safe, wash your hands, drink water and have a great rest of your day, morning, night, afternoon, whatever time it is, where you are when you're listening to this. And um, that's it. Adios.